Welcome to Geeksploration, the podcast, where we have some naked pictures of your mom and we'll sell them to you real cheap. I'm Ben Robinson. And I'm John Williams. Gather your friends, grab your map to rich stuff, and don't forget the baby Ruth. We're talking Goonies. I'm really glad I did not hear what your intro was going to be ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, well, I, heard, I watched the movie last night, and as soon as he said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the one. There it is. Hi, everybody. We're talking We're talking uh, one of our favorite movies growing up, or at least one of mine. What about yours? Uh, yeah, I love this movie. This, okay. is, uh, this is a great movie for kids. <laughs> yeah. This is uh this is one that was on the list for a long time. Uh let's see. Last year during Inktober, that Instagram event during October where you do one ink drawing every day, we set out to do one for uh prospective episodes. And this one's been sitting in that sketchbook ready to be colored for a long time. It was uh it's a clear, obvious choice for us to do an episode on. Yeah, this is a, a- a movie that like you is it's cool because you feel like you're getting away with something when you watch it as a kid because it is it's got a lot of shits in it and yeah. uh it's cool to it was, i think this was the first like kids movie i ever watched as a kid where there was other kids saying shit yeah yeah and like that that was something i don't know about your house but my house i certainly could not say the word shit my house was a little more uh profane i guess yeah. would be the right word <laughs> I think the first time I heard a parent say bullshit oh, yeah. to a kid was your mom. Yeah, she was not happy with me. No. <laughs> that was entertaining. <laughs> it was still cool seeing, it, like, it felt more real, you know? It was like, yeah, I say shit all the time. These yeah. kids say shit, too. I like that. Yeah, the 80s were great for that, where, you know, between this and and its clone Monster Squad, you know, like, people, the, the kids actually spoke like kids did, not around their parents. Yeah. You know, my, my parents would like, e- even though we'd seen it countless times and we had it on VHS, every time one of the kids would say shit or like one of my favorite shits in that is uh, when the mom comes home and, and, you know, they're trying to hide the statue and the mom's like, what is that? And Chunk's just like, oh, shit, what? I was like, oh, I love it. <laughs> and I love how she doesn't even react. Yeah. Like, she's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. My, my parents would, uh, would always, uh, you know, they'd just be like, uh, or like, that's one, you know, like they had a countdown sometimes with movies <laughs> and, you know, thank goodness. Once the fugitive came out, like the movie that says the word shit more than any other movie that I can think of. And my dad loved that movie. So after, after we owned that on VHS and watched it all the time, I was able to point at that and totally get away with the shits and goonies. Ah, it raised the uh, family shit limit. Yeah. Yeah. It It was the first like bullshit test or hypocrisy test for my dad that i ever had and it was great because he he's a man of honor so if if he's gonna watch them and let me watch them then uh then it's got to go both ways i'm surprised he didn't just say all right cool you can't watch the fugitive anymore (laughs) yeah (laughs) i fucking love that movie we're gonna have to do an episode on that one day um yeah so we are talking goonies the movie that at least for kids our age because we were born in 82 it came out in 85 so it was it was big for us when we were children. It, uh, it, yeah, we did not see it in the theater. No, no, we, but we fully took, uh, took advantage of that. And it, th- this is a movie that it is the reason why as a kid, 
I wanted to go look in caves. And if I saw like, you know, which nowadays it seems stupid, but like when you see like drainage pipes going down a stream, or I remember there was one when they were, when they were building on the Lemby park, when they were building all oh, that, yeah. all that extra shit in the back. And there were like some super skinny drainage tubes that you had to like shimmy through. Even when we were kids, like we did some fucking shimmying. Like we, we oh, went yeah. looking in those pipes because we wanted to go. It's going to be something in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have a map, but it's going to be some booty traps. Yeah. Booby traps. <laughs> That's what I said. Yes. that was not rehearsed and i'm very glad that it played out that way yeah no we did uh yeah we used to go down storm drains and climbing all kinds of stuff that remember that cave up in auburn oh shit yeah that was a stupid place to go yeah it was like an old uh cave uh, uh, right next to a rock core it had like a the entrance had been would it was caved in essentially and had like a slightly larger than human sized hole that you could squeeze through and it was a huge cave like you got inside of it and i mean it was what 15, 20 feet tall. Oh, at least. even wider. Yeah, it was huge. It had yeah. like an underground river in it. Yeah, it was a full-on cavern. Yeah, it was fucking rad. But it's like all it would have taken was like some shifting of some rocks and we would have been stuck there. And uh, it's not shocking. We did not tell our parents that's what we were doing. No. So no one would have had any idea that's where we were. What's interesting is we had a buddy that was from up there in Auburn and... It seemed like a totally normal thing to do. We'd seen other people doing it too. So it's like, I don't, I don't think at the time that I, well, I know at the time that I didn't, uh, I didn't see it as being as dangerous as I now understand it to be. You know, like back then it was just like, okay, we're just going exploring. It's what everybody's doing. Big deal. And man, that was, I, have we talked about this on the show before? I don't think so. No. Okay. For some reason I, I thought we had, yeah, that was, that was silly. We would never have been found. No, and there, and that underground, like it had like a river that flowed through it, and like it just went into a wall, like as it you know it flowed that way, and then uh, there was a wall because it all just went underground at that point. Yeah. And uh, did you go over ever go over to the other side of it? Yeah, they had a rope, and and yeah. I remember there was like a little like floaty raft in there for a while. Yeah, yeah, and you could twice. get over to the other side, but man, if you fell in that water, you're just fucking dead. You're you're gone. You're never ever going to be seen again. <laughs> like you're going to get drug underground and pinned against some rock somewhere and uh see if, you later yeah if someone does see you you'll look like one-eyed willy yeah and like these days we might be able to fit through but i don't know oh i don't think i would it was a it was a, a tight squeeze when we were skinny little kids yeah when i was considerably more svelte than i am now <laughs> wow i wonder if that entrance is still there i wouldn't even know how to get there anymore i have a vague idea of where it was but it would be tough to find yeah I remember going up there when I was like 17 and camping and uh, one of our buddies barfed inside of his sleeping bag and wet himself. What the fuck? <laughs> and we're like, oh, shit. Like in the middle, of, he just woke up and he was just like covered in pee and barf. And we're like, all right, teenagers. How the f- Were you guys drunk? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this movie... It instilled in us like a like a sense of adventure, like not many other movies could do. Because I mean, like you know, Pee Wee went on an adventure, but that's not the kind of adventure that you can imagine yourself going on as a kid. No, yeah, and it's yeah, it wasn't a plausible adventure. This was still pretty out there, obviously, but uh, it seemed more realistic as a kid. Yeah, it's something that we could see ourselves getting into. We just needed to find that fucking map. And and for the most part, they were kind of rational about it. Like everyone's like, you know, oh yeah, that's stupid. It's not real. And then they're like, you know, but hey, what if it is? And yeah. They, and they had high stakes. Like their whole world was about to end the yeah. next day. Yeah. So like 
you know, it, it, without those stakes, it wouldn't have made as much sense for them to keep going. But like, it was like, hey, guys, we, we got to do this. Yeah. Chester Copperpot was looking for it. So there there is some credence to there there being uh, something down there somewhere. Yeah. This is our time. Yeah. Oh, it's man. Inspirational speech there. How do you feel about that inspirational speech? I mean, it's a little cheese ball, but it's uh, it was good enough. Like it it it, it filled the need that it had to fill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even as a kid, I, I've never cared for that speech. I don't know why it did. It didn't do a Braveheart thing for me where it like roused me into like, yeah, let's go do this. Like it, it, it always seemed cheeseball, even as a child. I was like, what are you talking about our time and their time up there? And he repeats himself so yeah, a bunch much. Of time. And like, say, like says something and then I can't remember what it was. And then like says it like slightly backwards. But says the same thing. Yeah. Again. But up here, it's our time. It's our time. Or no, it's, down here, it's, it's our, our time. time. It's, it's our time, time down, down here. here. Yeah. I, I also thought it was weird that like when uh, Andy takes her sweater off, because I, I, I didn't, I don't know if I'd ever really paid that close of attention to it. I probably noticed it before, but I noticed it again. Uh, when she sends her sweater up yeah. instead of her and he like pulls it out and he's all disappointed that it has his name on it. Yeah. Like, is that a thing that people did? Be like, hey, babe, we're going out. Let's get my name monogrammed on your sweater. See, I think what it was is back then, like, I remember seeing stuff. I don't know if it was on Saved by the Bell or some shit, but uh, some some sort of media with high school kids where, like, the jock would give his girlfriend his letterman jacket. You know, th- this yeah. this was just a, a letter letter sweater. Oh, was it, like, his sweater? Yes. Oh, for what does he play? Like, fucking polo or Probably, something? Yeah, lacrosse. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty lame because he was wearing his letter jacket yeah. while they were doing that. So I guess she wasn't good enough to get that. That actually would uh would be characteristic for Troy, this rich douche, you know, that yeah. it, he probably wouldn't give her give her his letterman jacket until you know he'd made it with her. Yeah, he's he's holding out for the right one. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm, I I heard recently that apparently there were a couple scenes in the movie that Spielberg actually shot and directed, and that was one of them, the whole fountain scene. And like I'm like, okay, that that you know that is that is a more touching emotional childhood moment scene. So I guess I could see Spielberg doing that. I mean, he was he was the executive producer on the movie. Um, the director was Richard Donner of Superman fame and Lethal Weapon and The Omen, um, and it was written by Chris Columbus, who was uh, the, the guy that discovered America. Yes, he's an old bastard. <laughs> That's why we knew so much about pirates. Exactly. He he was probably caved in himself somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Now he he went on to direct uh, Home Alone and I think the first Harry Potter movie and a couple other things, including Pixels. I I for yeah. some reason that stuck out in my head, but because it sucked probably. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's got some good credits under his belt. The writing was I, I loved the fucking banter in this movie is solid. Yeah. Kids giving each other shit all the time and mouth's little thing with the uh, the Spanish lady that oh, is coming to uh, help pack up the house. I love it. Yeah, mouth being able being the only translation between a a woman who doesn't speak Spanish and a woman who doesn't speak English, but they somehow found each other and and struck up a working relationship. Talking about drugs in the. Drugs in the drawers and sexual torture devices. Yeah, yeah heroin in the top, marijuana in the middle, cocaine in the bottom. 
always separate the drugs. For a kids movie, like there's just not that many other kids movies that bring up heroin and sexual torture devices. No shit. Right? Yeah, like that's where Mr. Walsh keeps his sexual torture devices <laughs> up in the attic. Like, you will not find that at all in a kids movie these days. Even then, like I, I can't think of any other kids movies that did that. They should have done that in Home Alone. They should have just had actual torture devices up there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kevin McAllister, he he could have whipped up some sort of a sexual device yeah, there. Finds a pink mask or something. Yeah, that reminds me. I was, uh, fuck, where was I? Oh, I was at uh, at my kids' little like dance performance recital thing they did, which bizarrely was all Michael Jackson songs. Oh, that's cool. I, I mean, the music was enjoyable, but however you fall on the topic and whether or not you've seen the leaving neverland documentary don't we live in a world where an elementary school isn't going to put together an entirely michael jackson dance recital you think what now now in my experience with dance recitals were their costumes and dances slightly over sexualized for their age no definitely not over sexualized that's good i've been to a couple of them where like they're doing like uh they just do some dances where, like, they're almost twerking, and you're like air humps and shit. You're like, okay, they, these kids are freaking six, man. And yeah, they're in like tight leotards, shaking their butts, and you're like, okay, this is. Does anyone? Is everyone okay with this? This <laughs> seems weird to me. Yeah, nobody was grabbing their crotches, thankfully. Oh well, they missed out. That's One kid a... did moonwalk, not oh, very really? well. He was a fucking little kid. Well, he probably moonwalked about as good as I do. Gave it a shot. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The crowd loved it. I've never been able to moonwalk. Yeah. I'm if if I'm on like a tile floor with socks, I can do okay. At least I think I can. Maybe I can't, because nobody's ever told me I can. Yeah, you gotta do it in front of a mirror to confirm. <laughs> I used to do it in my penny loafers when I was a kid. Um, but I digress. Uh usually. Uh where were we? <laughs> we were talking about Michael Jackson. Yeah. Hey, uh no, we're talking know, about sexual torture devices. You know who hung out with Michael Jackson a bunch? Corey Feldman. And we're back. Maybe that's where he heard about sexual torture devices. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, so Corey Feldman's mouth was such a fun character. Like, like we're talking about the dynamics of these characters. Like they're all they're all fleshed out really well. They're all so unique. Like he is a little smart ass. Walks around with a mirror in his pocket, always combing his hair and shit. Like he's always got something to say. It's such an appropriate nickname. By the way. All these nicknames. Oh, I love them. I, I had a note on that. You got Mouth and Chunk and yeah. Data. Or- yeah. Does Do they ever say Data's real name? Because I know they 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 call uh, the mom calls Mouth Clark. Yeah. And Chunk is Lawrence. Yeah, because he introduced. He does say his name is Lawrence when he's under duress. Oh, does he? Yeah, oh, when they're interrogating him and he's telling like all the all the bad things he's ever done. Oh, see, I just remember <laughs> the the cop when he calls him and he's a like, Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they ever did say Data's name. Yeah, that's weird. I don't think they did either. I think if he had to name himself, it might be James. I was trying to think of like if his parents said something when he ran up to him at the end. Just like you are my greatest treasure in Chinese. But yeah, I don't know. Hmm. One of life's great mysteries. Let's call up Jonathan Key Kwan and uh, get him on the show. Find out what his character's name was and ask him just what the hell is going on with Short Round these days. Yeah, also, what was Short Round's real name? Do any of his characters have real names? Oh, man, that's a, <laughs> that's a Hollywood travesty. <laughs> like, he's a Chinese. Don't give him a real name. Doesn't matter. Yeah, fucking 80s Hollywood. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm glad we live in a world now where, where movies like Crazy Rich Asians can do well, and they all have real names. Uh, I hope his name was uh, Lee Hung Fuck. 
from Werewolves of London. <laughs> I remember one time I was singing that song and and I was I was just like, he was looking for a place called Lee Ho Fuchs. And then uh our old buddy Sean was like, it's Fuchs. I was like, fuck are you talking about? Like, no, Warren Zevon is clearly He's saying, saying fucks. fucks. Yeah. yeah. He's getting away with something right there and he <laughs> loves it. Fuchs. Yeah. Like that Howard Stern sketch where he's like, blank a doodle do on the radio just to get somebody to say cock. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved the reference when uh when Chunk was talking to that cop about oh, there it is. There's another movie Chris Columbus wrote it was Gremlins. So oh, when, yeah. the, when the cop has that yeah. thing about all those little creatures who multiply when you spill water on them. My kids totally picked up on that too. Oh yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Odin was like, that's gremlins. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, another Spielberg production. Um, and then the dynamic with uh with Mikey and Brand. Like Oh, it's great. I fully believe that those two kids were brothers right from the very beginning. Because it's cool because they didn't do because a lot of the characters are, you know, archetypes essentially. Yeah. The mouth is the kind of the vain, fast talking um smart ass. Yeah, smart ass. Yeah, there you go. Chunk's the fat kid who's scared of everything. Data's the uh incredibly competent Asian. Oh boy. <laughs> he's the makes, tech guy who yeah. who in in movies later on would be the hacker but they didn't totally, have hackers there was no hacking then. then yeah yeah so he was inventing yeah and uh apparently had a boxing gloves in his jacket the whole time yeah um and then yeah and then mike was the main character so he was you know he's the the kid with uh the chutzpah and some faults yeah he's the dreamer and then the nice thing they did with uh brand was that he was not an asshole yeah. He wasn't like the big bully older brother. He gave him some shit and he pushed him around and, you know, he was clearly the big brother, but there was a number of scenes where you could tell like he really cared about his brother. Yep. Like at the beginning after the, the fucking assholes come and like give the foreclosure papers, like you need to sign these and he like he comes out and like gives him a hug. Yep. And drags him. Yeah. And just like you could tell he loved his brother which in a lot of the a lot of 80s movies especially when you've got the older brother younger brother dynamic it's usually the older brother's just a fucking asshole yeah chet and weird science yeah, i was ex- thinking exactly that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that was like the 80s older brother archetype was the you know the jerk bully totally and uh he wasn't he was a, a much more complex character than that yeah and it, it was cool because you you did see him pick on him but it was it was more just you know, he he was kind of an angry teen himself, you know, like mouth gives him shit about flunking the driver's test and he's trying to impress this girl, you know, and, and he's just given his brother shit like an older brother should or would. But yeah, you know, like it, it, he's never just like straight up punking him. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do like the line, though. We used to use this on Preston's little brother. We go, you want a breathing problem? You got one. And then we'd go chase him down, pick on him, <laughs> punch him in the chest or something. Um, so yeah, their namesake comes from the area they live in referred to as the goondocks, which when I was watching some little documentary, they, they were presenting it as if that is actually a place in Astoria, Oregon. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, like there's a sp- an area called the goondocks. That's what they made it sound like, uh, which I never knew. Yeah. Cause it was filmed in the actual Astoria, Oregon. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I've, I, uh, I, I would love to take a field trip there. And go check out the house because it it exists. Uh, the police station is there. It, it it apparently now is a film museum. Oh, neat! Yeah, and it's got like a Goonies plaque on the outside. And then the uh, the museum that his dad worked at is also a, a real working museum. But I mean, they only ride by on their bikes and say what's up. Is there a country club? <laughs> I'm sure there is, but <laughs> I, I I couldn't tell you whether or not it was filmed there. 
So their their houses, I mean, just for for those uninitiated, I guess, the goondocks are getting foreclosed upon and they're going to put a golf course there, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sort of, yeah, yeah, golf course or some other. I know it was a golf course. It was an extending the country club, basically, into the goondocks. Oh, okay. Because the country club existed because they were like, Popping shower valves out of walls and shooting guys up on toilets. Yeah, and, and, like, and like the the trombone uh, water fountain that knocks a guy out. Yeah, and I loved that line growing up when they're when you know when they say like when they bulldoze this, I hope they they make it a sand trap. And he says never get their balls out. And you're like yes, yeah. there you go. That's that's clever writing. There was so many lines like that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they've got to save. You know, they they find a treasure map in the attic because his dad like runs the fucking museum. Like the local museum, I guess it was. And like yeah, that the was new, all the rejects. The new Kearney or Curly curator dummy. The uh but yeah, so he's got all this stuff. Why the uh treasure map didn't make it, I don't know, into the museum, but uh maybe he was keeping it for himself. Yeah, and I mean they they sort of alluded to the fact that it was it was a local legend and that people had looked for it and never found anything. Like Chester Copperpot was the only one that there was any evidence that he was onto something. Yeah. And so they decide to go looking for the treasure and they uh, get uh, mess, you know, mixed up with some local criminals. Yeah, the fucking Fratellis. So the movie opens up with them busting what? Jake? Yeah, Jake. Out of jail. Yeah, fucking solid cold open, by the way. That was my first note. I was like, man, this is, this is how you cold open a movie. Yeah. Action adventure. You you uh in in the ensuing chase, you're introduced to every single character. He fakes suicide. Yeah, a little line, a little note that says, "You schmuck. Do you really think I'd be stupid enough to kill myself?" Which, <laughs> why in the world would you put that note there? <laughs> Just for fun. Yeah, and and not to mention, yeah, I mean, I guess he does have a grin on his face when it pans back up to him. But what a what a great little thing using a using a little sewer pipe to to prop yourself up on some bars. And they light the parking lot on fire and get away. And then they like mix into like a beach off-road race. Yeah, yeah. To the, escape the cops. This is elaborate. They they yeah. they did a good job getting out of there. And as they're going through it, yeah, they pass all the different characters and all the Goonies, and yep. you get to see them, and uh, it all kind of comes together. So yeah, very well done. But yeah, they, they they're hiding out in this old restaurant, I guess. That for some reason Goonies thought might still be open. It looked pretty shitty. Well, I mean. Uh, who was it? Chunk. I think it's Chunk even has that line. Like, this is a summer place. What's it doing open in the fall? Yeah. Except it didn't look like it was open last summer. That place looked yeah. fucking really <laughs> shitty. Yeah. It'd been a few summers. <laughs> like it was pretty, like had boards over the windows and fucking spiders everywhere and shit. Like, I don't know. And there was it, like random car parts and shit piled all over the yard. Like it didn't, it didn't look like it was in business. Yeah. Rakes with weird. Was it, was it a, was it a fish? On that rake that, that stood up that, that made them think it was a monster? Yeah, something. I don't I thought it was just some trash or something. It yeah, it may have been pretty yeah. quick, yeah. I, I I will fully admit that I did not go back and watch this movie last night or this morning. I meant to and I got home too late and I just started making notes. But I mean this movie may be in my top ten, definitely top twenty, but for it not being, you know, in like top five or top three, I've probably seen this movie more times than most other movies. Like th- this one is just infinitely rewatchable. Oh, it's a su- yeah, it's just fun and it's an easy rewatch. You can sit down, put Goonies on anytime, and it'll be fun. Like my Haley had forgot she'd seen it, mm-hmm. so we sit down and she was like, "I don't think I've ever seen Goonies." Like I'm certain I've shown you Goonies before. And Odin's like, "Yeah, it's Goonies. I remember Goonies. You, you 
you've seen it. And she's like, I don't think so. And then we start watching it. And like within the first five minutes, she's like, oh yeah, I've seen this. Yeah. And unlike almost every other movie I show that little turd, she sat and enjoyed and watched the whole thing. See, that's awesome. Cause that, that was something that I was thinking about. Like is how do, how do kids these days receive a movie like this? Like, do they still respond to the adventure of it all? You know, that it is, it is just straight up fun, adventure, action, comedy. Like it, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't let up. Like it, it is just infused with adventure and fun. Like do, do they see it as quaint and stupid? Like according to your kids, they don't. So that's, that's yeah, good. That gives th- me hope. That's a good sign because they see most things that way. And it frustrates me. Like I watched Psycho with them. Oh shit. Not long ago. Uh, Cause uh, the movie sellers did Psycho and, I'll, and like I listened to it and I was like, oh man, I wanted them to watch Psycho before someone spoiled the end for them. Oh yeah. They yeah. never heard about it or anything. And mm-hmm. you know, they're 10 and 12 now, so it was like, all right, Psycho, it's not that bad. Haley fucking said, this is boring, and was going to leave. And I was like, no, did you watch this fucking movie. And then she fell asleep, like, during the scene where uh, Norman and what's-her-name are eating, where he gives her the sandwiches. And oh, shit. Birds and shit. Uh, Marion. Marion, yeah. Oh, wow, towards yeah, the Marian beginning. Crane. Yeah, yeah. Like well, before, I guess that's probably like it, 20 minutes, half hour in. Yeah, so she was like willing to give up on it and go away, and Odin Odin enjoyed it. He kept watching. But then like at the end, I was like, so what'd you think? And he was, and he was like, it was pretty good. And I was like, okay. And he's like, did you know, you know, what'd you think that it was him? And he was like, oh, I, I knew that. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, the look on his face when he put the car in the water. Hmm. And I was like, so that wasn't surprising to you at all, you little shit? <laughs> <laughs> I think he just made an assumption. I don't, I, well, yeah. I mean, made, I guess that, that's he all. He made the right assumption, yes. it turns out. So it was a little anticlimactic for me. And that's usually the way this shit goes. I'm like, hey, you guys got to watch this awesome movie. And they're just like, meh. Well, you know, they I, like Goonies, so. those things that that uh, that started tropes like that, like they were so brilliant at the time. But like these days, the culture is just steeped in it. So yeah. I'm sure your son was like when he's watching this movie, he's once he saw like a killer in shadows, he's thinking. Who is the killer? It's got to be one of these people I know, and there aren't many people to choose from. Yeah. Boo. I remember seeing that for the first time when I was a kid. Guess where? Preston's house? Yeah. Yeah. And his dad did the same thing you did, where it was just, it was very important to to him that we experience that, and that, and that you know, he was like, ah, you know, looking for our reactions at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, they're approaching this restaurant. Oh, you were never going to get through this plot summary, but it's okay. Oh, the other thing that Haley did mention, like at the end, like when they're going through the water slide down to get to the ship. Yeah. She she had a brilliant idea that I would like to know is a thing. Uh, hopefully it's a thing in Astoria. She said, they should make a Goonies escape room. No shit. And I was like, fuck yeah, that would be awesome. I would totally go to a Goonies escape room. Like like a multi-room escape yeah. room? Yeah, with a water slide at the end. Yeah, just a Goonies-themed escape room. Would be fucking awesome. Yeah, Triple Stones, Westward Moans. Uh, what was the other one? Something with bones. So they go into this restaurant where the Fratellis are, and because that's where the map tells them to go, they get into a tunnel. The adventure starts. We've done it. Yeah, Chunk gets stuck with a stiff. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so in that scene, Chunk smells ice cream. Through the door. Yes. I smell ice cream. That's his super fat kid powers. This is the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so they open this shit up and he's he's listing off all these. He lists apple. Weird. I don't remember apple ice cream. Grape. I don't know if I've ever seen grape ice cream. 
super duper chocolate eruption. I can imagine that one yeah. being, being a uh, being an ice cream flavor. Um, and yeah, he gets locked in there with a stiff. Thankfully, that water cooler uh, bottle breaks, so they yeah. realize that there's a hole in the ground, which is only covered by a little fake fireplace log thing, and nobody's gone down there except Chester Copperpot, apparently, and he never told anybody about that. Yeah, or did he get in from somewhere else? Because like they had to break boards to get into it. Like They pull the grate up, and then there's like boards under there. They got to break, so unless he boarded it up before he left. Yeah, or if somebody else took, uh, took control of the... Uh, the restaurant they're just like ah shit there's a hole there's a going hole into the there. sewer or underground well it wasn't uncommon for fireplaces like that to have a hole underneath them really it's it is weird to have a fireplace in the basement but yeah. but a lot of fireplaces have that and the and it basically you sweep the ash down it and then you can go outside and there's a door you can open and scoop the ash out so that you don't have to take ash through your house interesting they would have to go pretty far underground to do that with this one they yeah, well, were already under the yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. yeah, it's odd to see in a basement, but uh, but I, with you got a big hole there, you could just fill one-eyed Willie's trap chambers up with ash, man. You could burn forever. Yeah, you know, maybe someone boarded up because there was a draft. Yeah, yeah, awesome. and bats coming out, which apparently was a new spot for them to come out. They'd never come out there before. I don't know where they usually went. Oh yeah, no shit. But uh, I guess they were scared. They frightened those bats. Well, I guess now's as good of a time as any to bring up the fact that. Like, I will gush about this movie all day long, certainly all episode long. But for a movie that I love this much, I don't know if like if we if we did like a Venn diagram or, or some sort of scientific chart, I don't know if there is a movie that exists that has like like my love versus how many inconsistencies and, and how, <laughs> how many plot how, holes yeah and... logically terrible this movie actually is you know that yeah it's got loads of them if, like i could easily watch the movie make notes and do an entire episode on why goonies fucked up or how they fucked up or or um all the illogical inconsistencies it's absurd and like if we're talking about plot points uh being convenient you know or, or things oh, happening yeah. for yeah, the movie absolutely. to move forward like there's no more prime example than this one. Like it blows Rise of Skywalker out well, of the water. I think, like you said, with Rise of Skywalker, with the fucking dagger, the little thing with the medallion, exactly that like shows the re- like. Why would the restaurant be on this fucking medallion? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But this movie is not about plot. It's no. not a. That's not what it's about at all. It's about the interaction of the characters and the sense of adventure. And I mean, the fucking boat sails away at the end. Yeah, no shit. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, he was trapped in there. He was trapped in there so much so that he just died sitting in his chair. But he set a booby trap that if someone took his gold, his ship would sail away. And then like, yeah, the wall would break break, and you'd have a way out. (laughs) It makes no sense, but it does. You're not looking to it to make sense. Like that. The problem with Rise of Skywalker was that that's not what Star Wars is. Yeah. Star Wars has absolutely always been about the plot. That's fair. Goonies is not. It's a fun childhood romp. And and I think some of it's seen through the eyes of a child. Yeah. You know where it is? This is a child's fantasy of an adventure. And of course, things are going to be easy. And the, there's going to be plot conveniences. And the obstacles aren't really going to be real. They're going to feel real. And they're going to have almost stakes, like the little piano thing, where like everything gets destroyed. but And then they finally get out. Yeah, thank goodness they had the one person there who could play piano. 
Yeah, finger piano. Otherwise, they would be fucked. Oh yeah, those finger bone keys. Yeah. Ooh, that I I think I was watching that movie with uh with my kid. Uh, wait, am I entirely making this up? Maybe I was watching it with somebody else's kid. But seeing that that organ there just like freaked them oh, out. Yeah, that's, that's creepy as that's fuck. A badass skeleton organ. Yeah. Holy shit! The the visuals and the sets in this are so. Am I jumping around too much? No. Fuck it. Um. You know that they the production value on this is amazing. Like once they go underground, they they have those booby traps. They they find Chester Copperpot's body. It's got a Lou Gehrig card in there for some reason. Must have been in his lucky baseball card or something. He's probably planning on giving it to his kid. Oh, <laughs> that's a really irresponsible parent if he's just cutting out and not telling anybody where he's going. He's like, I got the key to One Eyed Willie. Peace. Um, and. Uh, you know, then, like we said, the organ, the uh, the underground river with that uh, with that log going across, which why does that river just all of a sudden surge when there's bad guys on there? Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Back to that plot convenience <laughs> thing. Why do they find like they go into the once they get into the ship, which is also big and beautiful and yeah, really well done with like loads of skeletons in it. Yeah. But yeah, they they get they get into the chamber by like moving a thing where the sand comes out, and then they go and they break through the wood and they climb up in through the floor, and then the fratellis just like come through the door. Yeah, they're just there, and they're dry as a bone too. They're like, wait, I never thought about that. How'd you guys totally get across? Dry. I know, I I only saw that in a video. I never thought of that growing up. Um, but yeah, and then the fucking water slides. Yeah, like are we are we to assume that One Eyed Willie's men came in and like. <laughs> bored into rock like these these water slides or did they already exist and they somehow like climbed out to create all these booby traps leading to it well and they yeah and, and they had like spikes coming down like wood spikes coming down from the ceiling above the uh above the water slide but you see occasionally like one of their arms hits it and it like wobbles around because it's oh, clearly really? made of, like, rubber oh <laughs> shit i want to look for that i i remember that scene like or, i mean i guess i don't remember it but it uh Every time I watch that, I just, I want to be there so bad because I mean, it's no secret between us, but I guess we've never had a reason to talk to it uh, or talk about it with the audience, but I fucking love water slides. I didn't get to go to the, to the water park this last summer. I don't think, but I went the year before with Angelina and it's like Disneyland. You go in there and I am instantly a child. I just have yeah. to be there with my girlfriend. So I'm not a fucking creep. Because there's all these kids running around in, in swimsuits. And if you're there by yourself, you look like a fucking. And John wears a Speedo, so it makes it even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> Banana hammock, no butt. It's yeah. just right up the crack. Yep. Hey, I'm, I'm covering the important bits. I'm not a dirty old man. But I, uh, I heard that when, uh, when production would wrap for the day and the kids would go home, Spielberg and Richard Donner would would ride the water slide. Oh, really? That's yeah, awesome. They, they, they just go go hit up the water slide. I would love to see pictures of the set. I want to see pictures of them riding the water slide. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, like the, the <laughs> big stupid smiles on their face. Yeah, because they, they had to build this thing. In, like, like it's not just a tube slide, you know, that in a very dark room. Like there there's room above them. There's. Uh, set dressing it actually looks on the walls like like it is a cave like yeah. it's a natural water slide and i would i would love to see pictures of what that actually looked like you know because where did they build it? i mean they probably built it in a soundstage in burbank but i bet it's a lot shorter than 
it looks. True. And they just ran down it multiple times and kind of different cut it angles together to make it look like it's, it's probably like 30 feet long. But yeah, because I guess you don't ever actually get more than four seconds like max yeah. of anybody. And like there's that one where like Stephanie's like spinning around as she's going and like that, that you know, it, it seemed like it seemed like the probably the best couple days filming we could ever have fucking water slides and that dumps them into the pirate ship area now have you heard that uh dick donner would richard donner the director would never let them uh, into the soundstage to see the pirate ship because he wanted to get their genuine reaction oh cool yeah so the story is the reaction you see in the movie is the first time they've ever seen the pirate ship and i remember hearing that years ago and just being like that's so fucking rad. Can you imagine that? You know, getting it's a cool ass looking pirate ship. Man. It is. It's a full size actual fucking pirate ship. Was any of that a matte painting? Anything in the background? There were. Uh, oh, yeah. The, I'm sure the background had to be. And then there are a couple shots where where they did use paintings for sure. Like, I think maybe when the wall was breaking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there, there were definitely a couple shots where the ship is a matte painting. But I did hear something more recently where. They they claim that the uh, that what we see in the movie is the they had to do a second take of it because the first take, the kids were so in awe that they hardly reacted. They were just sort of like, oh, just staring. So they had to get they had to get some filler. <laughs> so like I'm sure like Data's like, oh, wow, like that one looks acted like I never believed that that was an initial reaction. But I don't know the fucking guy. So maybe it was. But apparently they 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 had to do uh, a second take to get more reaction from them because they were all just dumbfounded. Yeah, like I, can you imagine being a kid <laughs> yeah. dropping into this lagoon and and there's a there's a fucking pirate ship in front of you? Yeah, and you've read the script like you're like then you climb aboard the pirate ship like cool. Yeah, to go aboard there. This is gonna be awesome. Yeah, which and means you, they'd never seen any like the skeletons or the fucking shit they had set up in there. Yeah, that's yeah, fucking rad. It would feel like exploring. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Let's find one of those. And didn't wasn't there a deleted octopus scene? I remember hearing something about that because at the end, Data's like, "You're like, what was the scariest part?" And he's like, "The octopus." And you're like, "Wait, what octopus?" That that baffled me for so many years. You know how Data says the octopus was really scary; it was very dangerous. And you're like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about?" Even the reporter's like, "Octopus." And I'm like, "Yes, I I understand. <laughs> I understand how you're feeling." Because um, Data didn't seem to be the bullshitting type. No, yeah, Chunk like, said it. Yeah, or face. Yeah, yeah, Chunk exactly, or face even. Yeah, face or mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a team. <laughs> um, the, the 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 first the first uh, time I encountered actual evidence of the octopus was our buddy Kyle. He said that when he saw it on TV. There was an octopus scene, and he described Whoa. the whole thing. Have you seen the octopus no, scene? No, I haven't. You still haven't seen it? I don't think so, oh, no. Oh, shit. Well, I was, that's one of the things that's disappointing. I watched it on Amazon, because it's on Prime for free right now, so go watch Goonies if you haven't seen it. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. But uh, you don't get any like the DVD special stuff, or it's, it's just the fucking straight cut movie. Like You don't get any deleted scenes or anything cool like that. I was kind of disappointed, because I really would have liked to watch it any of that last night it would have been rad when they released the uh i think it was the 25th anniversary dvd it had commentaries with most of the kids that on there um it's got richard donner commentary it's got featurettes and it's got deleted scenes so it has the octopus scene when they land in the water this octopus fucking comes at them and data yeah data 
shoves a Walkman in his mouth that's playing a, uh, fuck, what was the song? Shit, I can't remember the name of the song. Um, but it, it has some play on words that, that, that ties in with Goonies. But, uh, yeah, or sorry, like the octopus shows up and it like touches Steph, uh, Stephanie's butt a couple times. And like she thinks it's mouth and she turns around and just fucking slaps him across the face. Oh, that sounds vaguely familiar. Maybe I have seen that. Yeah. And Data, Data shoves the, the Walkman in his beak and he like, and the, it, it almost looks like the octopus is dancing as it like moves backwards. It's <laughs> flapping its, uh, its tentacles around. It looks really terrible. So if they had to cut anything that fit, I, why they didn't cut out Data saying the octopus was very scary in the end is beyond me. Cause yeah, it baffled people for years. Um, there were also two other scenes cut, one that I remember and one that I do not. There's a scene where they're at a convenience store when they go off on their journey and Troy shows up and fucks with them. And uh, and he like grabs the map and he, and he like rolls it up and, he, and he's pretending he's going to smoke it like a doobie and he like lights the end of it. So he, he lights it on fire. And that is why Andy can't read the note at the end. That's uh, yeah, why that's why the map like is singed. singed. Yeah. Yep. And and that was cool. Like somebody shoves Chunk into like a ice cream cooler and like tries to shut the door on his head. And then Brand shows up and uh, and you know like grabs his fist before he punches one of them or something. Sends him on his way. But then they get away from Bran again because he's not with them after that. Then that you know that's they'll be in between there and the restaurant, right? Yeah. Maybe that's why they cut it. It's like all right, I'm okay with some <laughs> plot holes, but this one's a little too big. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. I wonder if I'm making up the brand thing, but this is all from memory. Oh, fuck. What was the third deleted scene? Oh, well. Hey, if you know what the third deleted scene is, email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. It was the, the extended version of Mr. Walsh's sexual torture devices. <laughs> yeah, the actual yeah, sexual yeah, torture device. When he device. got home and him and Mrs. Walsh mm-hmm. wanted to have a little uh, adult time. They're not in the attic. They're actually in the basement. <laughs> One of the other things I like about this movie is uh, uh, the amount it pays homage to Rube Goldberg. Oh, yes. Like the, the freaking gate opening thing, which makes no sense at all at the beginning where like he, they, 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 they like ball rolls down and does this and it's just got this, it's a big Rube Goldberg machine. There's all these steps to open the gate. You require a chicken to lay an egg. Yeah. To yeah. do it. And like it, the resetting all of that up would take much longer than just opening the fucking gate. Not to mention, Chunk could just reach over the gate and open it himself. But then they got the same thing with like the ball that rolls down the little trap thing that drops the you know that when he puts the key in and turns it the wrong way. Yep. The the uh, what was that one? Because it wasn't triple. Wait, oh, was that triple stones? No, it was triple stones. What was the one in the beginning then with with the medallion? That was was I thought that was triple stones. No, triple stones. Or they both triple stones. Was the one on the key? Okay, where he put it in there, and then they to like, do we turn it? Which way do we turn it? Like west? Oh yeah, I guess that's this way. And apparently it's the wrong way, but it takes them the right direction. So maybe it was the right way, and you just have to you know survive a fall onto spikes. Yeah, that that's that is the weird. Well, I guess they aren't trying to get you there. So I guess you know they're they yeah they're not trying to lead somebody to treasure. They're trying to. Well, the map Make is you die. trying to lead you to treasure, right? Like that's how you get there and survive, right? All right, let's just let's <laughs> let's cross this bridge right now. How did that fucking map get out? Well, they they did mention that, like like maybe one of his guys got away. Yeah, with a, and made. Oh, I a, guess that's all the explanation we do need. Yeah, and made a really cryptic map. I don't know why he wouldn't just be like, "Yo, it's right here." Yeah, watch out for those spikes, dude. Yeah. Oh, again, it's not about the plot. Yeah. Okay. At all. So. Data drops down there 
And this is this is a little test here. What does he use to stop himself from his fall? I don't remember what he called it. Like I, I like he said something, but I mean it's like teeth. It's the same teeth he bites the, the chattering dude in the teeth balls on a, on a coil. It's the pinchers of so, something. He said it last night, and I was like, wait, what did he say? But I didn't rewind it. Okay, because what I believe it to be. And what I've always believed it to be, there was never any question in my mind, is the pinchers of peril. That sounds legit. But all of a sudden, I don't know, probably when we were teenagers, I started hearing people saying pinchers of power. And I don't, I've never actually gone to look up what it actually is. But like, if you're, if you're listening to his voice, either one makes sense, you know, because of his accent. Yeah. So I'm not shocked that people have said pinchers of power, but I've always thought of pinchers of peril and he does say it later on too but peril makes more sense than power yeah i mean they're powerful pinchers if they're gonna if they're gonna stop his descent from a from a free fall probably cut that poor dude's dick off yeah those are some if, they, if they had that amount of clamping power yeah oh boy <laughs> <laughs> so hey oh that that's a that's also a good spot for if you uh, know if it's pinchers of power or pinchers of peril, email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Fucking email us. So, yeah, let's see. Capping off the movie for Tellies are there. Oh, we haven't even talked about Sloth. Oh, yeah. Sloth is there, too. Hey, you guys. Um, no, that fucking poor monster chained up in the uh, in the basement of the restaurant. With some pretty uh, awesome prosthetic face makeup. Yeah. Like he's got like his eyes all in a weird place and it still blinks and his ears fucking wiggle all the time for no mm-hmm. reason. I watched oh, a, a a makeup test on YouTube that was pretty fucking cool. You know, it was just just the face prosthetic on there and, um, you know, just watching him like move his mouth and stuff and just seeing the give that the mask had. Like it was a really well crafted mask. Oh, yeah. And that was on uh, John Matuzak, who was a uh, he was an Oakland Raider. He was a defensive end, I think. And he was like fucking six foot eight. Oh, that's that's who played him. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, he uh, he apparently died in '89 of a uh, of a combination of drugs and an enlarged heart. He was he was one of those monsters, you know, that just yeah. has those enlarged hearts in there, and they don't they don't last. Apparently, he was a nice guy, but he he was a hard partying dude. Apparently, he had a reputation in the NFL for being a hard hitting and hard partying dude. Oh, I hope he went out to party and did some blow from that sloth mask. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine kicking down the door. Hey, you guys <laughs> doing a line off the counter. Yeah. I, I hope he embraced that. <laughs> like, I need to borrow this mask guy. Now that we're guys, now that we're done with shooting, take this for a test run. And I, I love that line uh, from Mama Fratelli about, about how she's, she's trying to get one of them to go check on sloth. And she's like, those chains better not be broken. I'm not yeah, going to the zoo for another set. <laughs> Cause and, that's where you get powerful chains. Yeah. And, you know, apparently if you need them to break some chains, it's uh, what we mentioned earlier, the uh, the Ruth, Ruth, Ruth baby. Every time I watch that movie, like, I feel his desperation. Like, he's he's starving anyway. Like, he's fucking hungry. He's chained in a basement just watching TV. And, uh, I mean, uh, fucking Julia Child. Uh, every time somebody comes comes in with, with, like, a chocolate cake or something, I go, Chocolate? Chocolate. <laughs> like, I, that, this movie is so a part of my, my life. Um, but just when he breaks that first chain and like, he almost reaches it and he's like, ah, you know, like his, his yeah. screams, you're like, holy shit. Like he, like th- this is a real struggle for him. Like, like he's never wanted anything more in his life. And for a linebacker, he did a pretty damn good job of conveying emotion through, you know, 
noises. No shit. And grunting and, and very little speech. I think the longest line he has is at the end when he's talking to Mama Fratelli and he's like, you've been bad. No. <laughs> I love that. Interestingly enough, I don't, I've never looked in to see whether or not that's him doing the voice. Cause I know they did, they did a lot of ADR for this movie after the fact they did like oh, did six they? weeks of ADR. Oh shit. I mean, and, and it shows there's a lot of parts in there where you're like, Oh, that's not that. That was not recorded, uh, while they were shooting. Um, well, they had a lot of like running water and shit. I imagine the, the mics on set were going to be, you know, overrun by that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, cause if that is his voice, that's a that's a really good performance for yeah, know, again for a I'm linebacker. Saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's someone else, or, I, I mean, a defensive that... end, but whatever. Football guy. You know what Sloth is feeling? Yeah, the, there's it's not ambiguous at all. Like it, and you know, an, another thing with with emoting like like the emotion <laughs> when he's uh when he's displaying emotion and struggle is in the end when um when they're escaping and he's holding up yeah. that rock. And the way the music is building on that one part, like, you know, there, there's one moment where, where, where he like looks up and lets out like a, like a, like a roar of pain and, and struggle. And that, that thing always gets me. Like, I really do feel for that guy. Like he's don't hate me internet. He's a disgusting monster of a man, <laughs> but, oh. but I, I just, I, I feel for, for his humanity. You know, like he, he is just a man, even though he is a giant monster. He's definitely a, but his face. <laughs> Cause otherwise he's a pretty well-built dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, he's got excellent fashion sense. You know, he wears a Raider shirt that he rips open for a Superman shirt. I loved that as a kid and an adult. <laughs> speaking of inconsistencies how did they get to the top of the mast and where did he get a pirate hat no shit <laughs> like why not like did what they the did they ever? also go down the water slide and just like ninja it around the side while everyone's fucking around yeah or did they just like find a different path that came out on top of the crow's nest yeah i mean why not? Yeah, sure. That's what they did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't we, matter. We need to see that deleted scene. Um, and then uh, the the Fratellis themselves, like Mama Fratelli is a fucking piece of shit. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember the name of uh, Joey Pantaleone's character, the guy with the with the toupee and the glasses, like the little Weasley motherfucker. Yeah. Like, like I know I know Robert Davi's character is Jake. And then there's Sloth. Francis. There Francis, we go. Yep. OK. Yeah. Holy shit. Like. I've never seen favoritism like that in my yeah. life. And she, she's like, not even coy about it. He's like, he's always been your favorite. She's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And slaps Sla him in the face. Those slaps too. Oh man. Damn, those look like they hurt. Those, <laughs> yeah. those did not look like stage slaps. Those looked fucking painful, man. You know, from what I've heard of Robert Davi, like I would love to sit and have a drink and chat with that guy. Like I've heard he's intense, but he's a super cool fucking dude. And he was also like the main villain in License to Kill. Like, I bet he's got cool stories. He was in Die Hard also yeah. as one of the FBI guys. But wow, like to keep one of your sons chained in a basement and buy your son a toupee instead of getting him braces. That's a, uh, I mean, although at that point, the braces probably wouldn't have done much. Well, she's like willing to pull guns on her kids and like they take it seriously. He's yeah. like, I'm not going down there first and just pulls a gun on him. <laughs> all right mom i'll go down <laughs> <All right. first. laughs> if you put it that way and like the sibling rivalry between the two where they're they're arguing over pizza and, the, and he's like mama francis took the pepperoni he's like you want your pepperoni, he's like, pepperoni. <laughs> and then they fucking pull guns on each other like, 
I, ah, it's, it's such like they are equal parts dangerous and hilarious. Yeah. Like, I love the scenes with the Fratellis. And, uh, especially like when Chunk comes running out of the woods. You're like, these awful, disgusting Fratelli brothers. I can tell you exactly where they're. He turns on the light. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And which is weird because when it, when it goes back to Chunk's face where he's yelling, you've still got that shot in the side mirror of Robert Davi's face just staring at him menacingly while there's singing going on. He's definitely not singing. <laughs> and uh when he gets thrown in the back with a stiff like chunks it, it must have just been a reverse shot for some reason i've never been able to understand but chunks mole is on the opposite side of his face oh yeah they probably yeah they probably mirrored it or something yeah i have no idea why so yeah these kids they get in the pirate ship telly's getting the pirate ship they uh set off a booby trap on accident everyone jumps off and yeah the jerks they get rescued and the jerks come to uh take the town i don't know why his dad is the only guy like does he own the entire goondocks yeah why is he the representative why is he the guy, a guy only guy signing off on all this i don't know well mouse dad is just some fucking deadbeat plumber asshole who doesn't pay attention to his son that's why he's so vain yeah he's so bad at plumbing that somehow water shoots out of his drain yeah up into his son's face yeah, i'm not sure how that works also the scene in the uh caves that is not how pipes work at all Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But whatever. Yeah, you are not going to push pipes up and down, and <laughs> they're going to continue moving, too. Not to mention those those lovely sound effects with the, uh, with the yeah. car crash, the scream, and the siren. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I love this movie. Yeah, but, but yeah, but then the, uh, what was the, the, Sp- the Spanish lady's name? Um, I don't remember. Anyway, she, Rosalita. Rosalita, yeah. Rosalita finds his uh, marble bag that was full of jewels, and apparently they all just like fuck it. That's enough to buy the entire goondocks. We can tell. And then because it, it, it's like the ship sailing, I was like, someone get in a boat. Don't just say buy one eyed Willie. Go get that fucking boat. No one's yeah. on it. It's dead. It's just gonna crash. Get that fucking ship. Sink. <laughs> now, would would ownership then transfer to the children who found it? Is that how that would work? Because if it was like, if you found a treasure chest with gold coins, you're keeping that fucking treasure chest. It depends on where you found it. Oh, if somebody had claim to it. Well, if, it, if it's on private land, whoever owns the land owns whatever's there. What about, you know. The it's on public land. Hundreds of feet underground. Does land transfer down to the core yeah, of the it, earth? Yeah, uh, not to the core of the earth, but if you have like mineral rights and stuff, uh, and, and a lot of land ownership comes with mineral rights rights it does extend into the ground some that's what's wrong with goonies they didn't talk about mineral yeah, rights. They, they did not have their property rights stuff figured out at all um, <laughs> but i know like some stuff if it's on like state land the state owns it period depending on what it is damn and that was probably state land if it was right on a beach on a beach has yeah, probably some sort of park so the which that beach apparently is uh in sonoma county oh really since I didn't watch uh, didn't watch the movie again, I I just I was listening to some like factoid videos on my way over here. So <laughs> I was like, hey, look at that. So a couple of these facts have come from those videos. Yeah, I didn't do any factoid research at all. Um, other than uh, at one point I hit the uh, what do they call it? The button on Amazon where it like shows you all the actors because I think one of my kids was using the bathroom, so I was kind of like flipping through them. And one of the things I have is trivia. And they, the only interesting thing I saw on there that they had was that, uh, when the, you know, when the rocks are falling after they find one or after they find uh copper pot, 
Yeah. his name, right? Yeah, Chester Copperpot. Yeah, and it's about to fall on data, and he, and, he, and he says, oh, S-H-I-T. The reason he says that instead of, oh, shit, like the script called for is because his mom said, I don't want him saying shit. So awesome. He, so he had to spell it. <laughs> you know what's weird? I don't even recall him doing that. You could barely hear it. Awesome. That was one of my gripes about this movie is uh, the music's not very good, and it's way too loud a lot of the time. Like really, you don't like the music? Yeah, it's not that great. No. Oh man, I mean, I guess it's not going to go down in history as a legendary score, but there are a couple moments like like that one I was talking about when, when Sloth is uh, is holding up the boulder, and like like where it, it builds in a in a desperate way, you know that that makes me feel. For, I don't know. I yeah. I mean, there's probably some of that, but there's also parts where like people are talking or saying things, and uh, the music's just way too fucking loud, and you can barely hear the people. Well, that sounds like sound editing more than than the score itself. Yeah, I guess. And the, the score itself, though, is it's very of its time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it, it won't it won't stand the test like Star Wars or Superman. No. Or, yeah, uh, but I yeah, it, yeah. I guess the the sound editing then is just a bit off. There's also a lot of parts where they're just like yelling over each other, which is fine because that's what fucking kids do. Like, that's what adults do. Yeah. We, we we have enough trouble with that. Yeah. So that that. It's 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 an odd choice for a movie, but it is authentic. Yeah. So and so when they when they get found on that beach, you know, there's those uh those dudes on the uh, ATVs. One of those who says it's them goobers. That's Richard Donner. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I knew that one before watching the stupid videos. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> um, and Chunk goes ahead and invites Sloth to to live with him. Hopefully, he talked to talked that over with his parents very briefly. I doubt it. I love that they brought him a Domino's pizza. Yeah, just going all the way through with that. Um, not to mention uh, Godfather's pizza reference earlier when they said uh, when they said when they were calling a chunk out on his little myths or his little creations when they're like, oh, more impressive than the time you ate your weight in Godfather's pizza. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, apparently a lot of people didn't have Godfather's pizza growing up. We had it. We had one in our hometown. There is still one in Citrus Heights. Is that the one on Madison and yeah. Dewey? I think that's the only Godfather's pizza in existence still. Let's go there. We should go there. I've been there. And they still have the same fucking logo, the weird little hand holding the pizza. Oh, yeah? I, I remember my family ate a lot of Godfather's pizza when I was a kid. I always hated how there was a shit ton of sauce right up against the crust. Oh, it, ooh, it drove me bonkers. <laughs> Let's go get it. Like, because it wasn't covered in cheese or just. It was just like, it was like a, like a rim of sauce and it, it like stuck up like above the cheese. It was just too much right there. I don't, I don't want that. And they also had crust that like, it wasn't like a, like a big, soft, rounded crust. Like it was a pretty, like it's more of hard, a, yeah, definite like a flat crust. Yeah, exactly. Like crunchy. Yeah. And, yeah. Welcome to Godfather's talk on Geek Exploration, the podcast. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, they all live happily ever after they had cool shot of them in the end, all gathered staring off into the distance at the pirate ship. Thus completes our synopsis. Hey, John, you want to take a break? Yeah, that sounds great. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm Jeff. And this is Grandma, Grandma Tell Me a Scary, scary story. story. Uh, we're a new podcast. We talk about all things that are creepy, dark, and twisted. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. All right, yeah, so just give us a listen. Yeah, um, check us out. Grandma, tell me a scary story. We talk about stuff that's... Dark? Dark. <laughs> the stuff your grandma probably won't tell you about. Yeah, not your normal grandma. But my grandma will. But her grandma will. Hey, Ben, welcome back. Thank you, John. 
So we've gushed and discussed this movie to death. No, we've, we've, uh, I think we've done a pretty good job hitting the major, major beats of this movie. We've nearly exhausted my notes. <laughs> um, so let's get into a little structure here. Um, let's talk first impressions. Do you remember the first time you saw Goonies? Nope. Oh. I mean, uh, I remember watching Goonies when I was a kid, but I, I do not remember any like distinct first time that I watched it. It's just been there. I probably saw it the first time renting it at Blockbuster because I, I rented it a few different times because it had a cool ass cover. Yeah, that ass cover was cool. Yeah, it was like fully painted with a little skull over the eye. Yeah, was it the uh, the group shot of them all like gathered together? Yeah. Yeah. Because years later, I saw that poster where they're all like dangling from a stalactite. With like brand on top and it's, it's like they're, they're links in a chain. Like, like, man, that, that is much more treacherous than, than anything that actually happened in the movie. <laughs> but it was cool. It was back when they like would paint the cover instead of just taking a picture of it. Yeah. And, I don't know. It just, it made it feel cooler. Like Indiana Jones did the same thing. Yeah. Those Juice it, Struzan covers. Yeah. So good. That was just really big in that era was to have a cool painted cover as opposed to just like a picture from the movie. I miss those so much. Like the, like you said, the Indiana Jones covers, the, uh, Struzan also, I mean, he's done so many, uh, posters, but like the, uh, the masters of the universe poster oh, or yeah. cover, like that's, that's one that always stands out to me. I think he did the Harry Potters too. Um, he's been mostly retired for a while now and that's probably ushered in the era of the, the Photoshop heads all around with red and blue on either side at yeah, the fucking end game poster fuck dude gross yeah it's just boring the first i remember of that or at least when i've when i've looked into posters and and what they're doing these days is the uh the iron man the first iron man like they did that thing where there's like the big iron man head up in the corner and then everybody else's head sort of like just sort of uh i don't know it's orbiting him yeah it's it's <laughs> weird because they're all on one other side but it's like main component and then busts of everyone else all over the place looking like they're posing for a picture it's so undynamic like, yeah there's no action yeah it is bad these days well i was thinking about it myself and like i don't remember the specific time that i uh that i first saw the movie but of course it was at preston's house i remember that this seems like the kind of movie your parents would regret having rented yeah they'd be like oh cool a kid's movie and they'd get it home and be like oh shit except they wouldn't say that yeah yeah no kidding <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh not shit um you know I, I was thinking about how i i don't remember the entire experience of seeing the goonies for the first time but like i i remember the beginning pretty clearly i was sitting there i was like okay i remember i remember my reactions to the first time i saw the fratellis and the uh the the people as they're going by you know the fake suicide the orv race you know, the shit with like chunks squeezing the milkshake out and uh, mouth with the <laughs> yes. yeah. and, and going, ah, oh, shit. Like it starts you off. That's right. It's right at the beginning of the yeah. movie. It's like not not five minutes in. You get your first shit. Yeah. And and it, there there's no reason for it at all. Like you didn't need dialogue for that at all. But they just had him say it. And it's yeah. like, oh, that's great. You know, mouth with the uh, with the water squirting him in the face um, going into like the the truffle shuffle and like. The uh the statue of David miniature with like yeah. the with them breaking the wiener off and, and like gluing it, it upside, upside down. down. Yeah. <laughs> God made us that way. You'd all be pissing in your faces. Like I remember uh, those 
or like, like I remember thinking that I, I remember that clearly. Like it is it, like, I feel like, like I still remember the first time I saw or my reaction to it. The first time I saw yeah, like eight year old John being like, yep, I'm in. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> and, and then it, and then it hit me like, like, holy shit. Like, even though I don't remember the first time I, I saw this explicitly, like every time I see these scenes, I get pulled back to the first time I saw it. And, and that is why I, why I love all this shit so much because it's, it's always, uh, even though it's not a new experience to me, it pulls me back to when it was. And I remember how hard I laughed with Preston when we were kids, like, especially, I mean, that dick upside down, you know, or they're oh, like man. trying to, trying to push it back on. Like that shit is so funny to me and it, it never stops being funny. It's always like the first time. And speaking of plot holes, like how would that thing fall over and the dick break off? I've I've been wondering that <laughs> since I was a kid. Yeah. Like, what would it admit? So yeah. the dick breaks off, but who cares? Because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, because it just it falls off the table, like just right off the table onto the ground. Like if somebody like pushed it or like threw it to somebody and like maybe it could like clip the corner of a table or something and, yeah. and knock the dick off. And like they they even like go to push it when when they go to push that thing on, like there's almost a little give like it was rubber or something. It was it was really weird looking like it doesn't look like it's actually like a uh, like it's a sculpture. Well, he, he is flaccid. <laughs> <laughs> He's not at full mast. So but that I mean, yeah. So as far as my first impression, like I don't I don't explicitly remember the first time, but but I remember my feelings and it's every single time I watch it. I love it so much. Yeah, I, I remember identifying with the movie. In the sense that uh, these kids seemed real. Like, everything else in the movie seems fake as fuck. And the plot doesn't hold water. But the the interaction between the kids seemed genuine to me. Yeah, and I, I think that was, a, that was a part of its uh, genius. Is that these kids mixed so well together. And that um, Richard Donner, <clears throat> I'm not sure how he got the gig. You know, what... what gave him that gig because because he uh because richard donner not being a man known as you know making kid movies you know yeah. doing doing well i guess this was probably before the lethal weapon movies i don't know maybe it was after the first one but i mean like he'd done superman but he also did the omen and like episodes of twilight zone but listening to him talk about the movie like he'll even say that it's not his kind of movie like he didn't he doesn't want to watch kids movies and and he doesn't want to make kids movies but for whatever reason like he'll say in interviews that it was the the spirit of the kids and watching their interactions that like made him feel young again you know that that like they they totally jazzed him up and i love that so much because it's not just some crotchety old asshole that's directing kids and being grumpy about it but like you could really tell that there's a lot of love that went into that movie on on all sides period <laughs> Um, so how about a little game of what if Ben? I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. The, the easy one is what if, you know, you and I, I mean, we're still big kids, so I don't know whether to look through it through, uh, look at it through the lens of us now or us when we were that age. But what if we found a map? My, my daughter calls me a fourth grader regularly, <laughs> so questions my maturity. So I don't know if there'd be that big of a difference other than. I would feel older doing it now. Yeah. And wouldn't fit through small holes as easily. <laughs> now, if you found a treasure map that was legitimately old, 
And as far as you could tell, because in, in this day, like we could go, we could go onto Google fairly easily and, you know, try to figure out if there had ever been any buried yeah. treasure found in this place where this map is pointing to. I, I think the problem with being an adult at this point is that, uh, like those property rights things and stuff that I brought up earlier, like those would come into consideration and be like, oh, wait, there's a treasure buried under that old diner. Well, even if we find it, we won't be able to keep it unless we like totally keep it secret. Whereas a kid be like, well, fuck it. Let's break in there and steal that fucking treasure. Yeah. I mean, but even as an adult right now, like say you, you went down, you followed, uh, followed some tunnels and shit onto something that was clearly like state property and you found a bag of gold. Oh, I ain't going to tell fucking the state. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like, if it's state property, if it's private property, maybe, but the state's got plenty of my money. So and they didn't know this was theirs, so I don't. I don't have any sympathy for those fuckers. Yeah, is there any process when you go to find its monetary value or get rid of it to where you would have to prove where you got it from? If you, I mean, if it was a bunch of like 16th century Spanish doubloons or something, you'd probably have to get them authenticated. In which case, at least with whomever you were doing to certify their authenticity, you'd have to tell them where you got them. You're like on my own property. We just have to dig a big hole. On your property and say, this is where we found it. Well, part of that, though, is that they part of the verifying the authenticity would be making sure that it made sense that Spanish doubloons were buried in that location. You know, so if they're like, well, there was never any Spanish settlers with doubloons in your area. It may call into question the validity of your artifacts. See, for me, if somebody gave me shit about that, I'd tell them to fuck off and just be like, for all I know, somebody in the 60s. Went and looted yeah. some something and buried it here, and I found it. So eat a dick. Yeah, there was also a copy of the Saturday Night Fever album in it. So clearly, someone <laughs> in the sixties did this. Yeah, yeah, seventies did this. <laughs> um, now let's look at it from this point. Let's say we are following the uh, the same beats as the movie. Is there a point in which you would stop following the map? Like, or is there a point where like, say, say, uh, we found some shit and, uh, or we, we found a little trap and then something like the ground fell out. I happen to have some pinchers of peril that, uh, that saved me from dying on a pit of spikes. Would we continue after something like that? Yeah. Cause that's a good spot too. Cause you, you still have the, the well there that you could bug out of. Yeah. I have a feeling I probably would, would chicken out after that, after almost dying on some spikes. I I think that would that might freak me out a little too much. I mean, if we also had the ropes, uh, I I may reconsider after the first couple failures at the piano. Oh yeah, when it's like, like well, this is we're kind of fucked here. I would at least uh, get everybody back at the entrance because apparently it was fairly easy just to walk around the edge after it was open and go inside as the Fratellis did. Oh yeah, no shit. Like, why was why the are we group all there? fucking standing right here? Go over there. I mean, maybe at least only one person dies if it goes horribly wrong. Shit. I mean, but but at that point, there there are people with like. So I don't know. Do we take it from the? Uh, do we take it all the way to where there are people with guns that want to kill us right there? I mean, would we well, count on the fact that that we could be like, hey, we're all gonna die if this uh, if this goes wrong? So I mean, it depends. As a kid, adults with guns are scarier than as an adult. I mean, they're still scary as an adult, but I know what dynamite is. So fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. And and if you were if you were standing off to the side, like there there is a chance that you could wrestle them. Or I mean, that shit was slippery. Like you could probably just kick them. And yeah. and then you you've bought yourself a good 15 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I'd totally let you do the piano thing though. 
Why? I can't read music. But you got a yeah, you got a better musical ear than I, I can't read music either. Ear and, does uh, nothing. Well, then again, and if uh, mm. if you die, I'm not dead. Also, so <laughs> there is that. that. Yeah, there's self preservation. <laughs> you know what's funny in that scene? I mean, again, I'm not a piano player, so maybe hey, if you if you play piano and you want to correct me on this upcoming statement, email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. I'm going to set a record for most calls to action in this episode. <laughs> but when Andy's looking at that last note, she's saying, I can't tell if it's an yeah, A, a sharp, sharp or, or B, B flat. flat. And it's like, it's my knowledge, at least on guitar. Those are the same, same notes. notes. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. So They're I, literally the same note. I wonder if it, if it has to do, because I have been dabbling in piano and, and, uh, and chords and stuff. I wonder if that has to do with where your fingers start because like, like there could there's all sorts of things like like with the g slash c where it's like okay well your left hand starts in a in a g spot and your right hand does a c thing your right hand handles the clitoris yeah <laughs> i wonder if it's just a um like a what note your hand starts in you know if, it, if there's a different thing for like a b formation as an a formation i don't know i have no idea uh, but I do know those are the same notes. Yeah, yeah. Like that that's what's gotten me for years is that, you know, just knowing how things work on a guitar, those are the same note. Um at least it wasn't like B sharp or C flat. Because that wouldn't make any sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> not not to mention, like there's a full set of keys there. Like, is is there also an octave issue? Like what if she was playing it in a different different oh, octave? I didn't like even think about that. Yeah. And was there, was there like a distinguishing, was there anything distinguishing like white keys from black keys? Were there like shorter fingers? I was thinking about that myself and I don't remember. I don't think there was. I think it was just like a fillet of keys. Um, unless Fuck like this movie, unless like some of the fingers were from white people and some of the fingers were from black people, but they're skeleton keys. So figure it the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 as you started that sentence i was like oh this is about to get problematic oh, no i would uh... <laughs> um yeah so would we have been able to make it through all of this stuff and would we like have without done... movie luck or i mean would we have done all this stuff because i feel like I'd, I'd like to think i would have but i've never been um in a situation where rocks are trying to fall on my head <laughs> i i feel like i would have wrapped andy's little sweater around me so when troy pulled me up in that bucket i'm like sorry dude like you're not you're not gonna make it with andy <laughs> and then i would i would have bugged out yeah you definitely would have been the chunk roll of like come on guys let's uh let's not keep doing this yeah yeah for sure and if anyone got ended ended up getting locked in a freezer with a dead guy and left alone it also would have been you holy shit <laughs> that's true yeah, that's totally that, that, true. it's it's inexplicable but that is true <laughs> of, of all of us that that would happen to me somehow we just know that um now the other thing i wanted to talk about is how fucked up do you think these kids would be afterwards or what what do you think this would have done to their psyche I, don't, I think it probably would have given them like a invincibility complex, man. Be like, man, we, can do, we just ran through all that shit. We found One-Eyed Willie's treasure. We are the shit. Like, we can do anything. Do you think they become treasure hunters after that? Like, do, do I think they, they're fools if they don't. <laughs> like, do, do they live with... Because, uh, let me see. Let me try to put myself in that situation. Like, I kind of feel like even if I lasted through that whole thing, I, after that, I probably would have been like scarred just like holy shit like i got so lucky to make it through that that there 
like I, I'm out of good karma points. Nothing is going to save me. There were too many conveniences. <laughs> I don't I don't feel like that would instill a, a sense of adventure or maybe I'd just become depressed after that because nothing could live yeah, up. to Yeah, that. you've you've just peaked. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think, at least for me, I would have realized that until I was an adult. Because there's lots of things now where I think back as an adult and be like, that was dumb. I <laughs> I easily could have died. But I did not think that at the time. Yeah, the Auburn Rock Quarry. Yeah. All kinds of things I've done. Where it's like, wow, that was a stupid ass idea that easily could have got me killed. But yeah, that wasn't until 20 years later that I thought about it. It was like, wait a minute. That's, yeah. That was not Kids smart. Kids are stupid. <laughs> So uh, I, I think that would have only boosted my confidence in my ability to do stupid things. Yeah. I wonder if any of them would turn that into like a uh, like a form of celebrity, you know, where like, you know, get on talk shows, you know, be, become become famous for it. Write a book, um, become an actor from those opportunities. I mean, you, you'd have to have skill after that, but still like but like, could you net that into a form of celebrity? I bet, I bet Mouth could. Yeah, no shit. He probably would. It would totally be his jam. He'd at least use it to get to try and get laid later. Yeah. And you know what's funny is he, he would probably have like shitty Hollywood parents that would try to make all these deals and keep his money. And then, you know, 30 years later, he's in some dive bars. Like, hey, I was one of those kids yeah. that found One-Eyed Willie's treasure. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Totally. How about I show you my one-eyed Willie? <laughs> oh boy, these days that would not work, man. In nineties, early two thousands, that would probably work for him. In fact, that's probably where Corey Feldman thrived anyway. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably used that line before. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> See him now, like man, that guy. Uh, I feel like he's got a autobiography, whether it's a book or like a documentary series that's like serious. Like, oh really yeah I, it's it's got like a stinger title and then it's like the rape of the two Corys. like oh, he's fuck. opening that's up a, yeah that's a hell of a subtitle right there yeah yeah it's about him, him and uh and haim yeah yeah he he had at least alluded to the fact that you know there was trouble in the past although he still uh sticks by michael jackson's side Apparently, if, if anything was going on michael jackson decided that Corey feldman was too high profile to take a chance with that and or it was consensual on amazon the x-ray thing where you go and you can see the actor profiles yeah like look at that cory feldman still looks like cory feldman oh but, yeah uh, i can't remember his name the dude that played chunk jeff cohen yeah he looks nothing like chunk he's like all slim and mm -hmm. healthy looking and bald what's interesting is he was somebody who like he dropped out of acting i think he only had like one other role ever and he's slimmed up and he's an entertainment lawyer now but oh, really yeah and oh he was a part of the, uh the commentary i think because it yeah he was always trying to like downplay his parts or like you could tell that that he like he wasn't a bitter asshole about it but you could tell that that he doesn't like that he's associated with the f the fat wuss in this yeah. huge popular movie yeah like i, I don't think like he doesn't go to conventions wearing his his weird shirt and his plaid pants and like being like yeah I was chunk like he I don't think he appreciates it as much um, unless he just appreciates what it allowed him to do after that but yeah I mean it is kind of pointing fun at the fat kid and he was the fat kid yeah <laughs> so maybe he's not into that 
Yeah, especially since like his role was a part of and also led to other things like in Monster Squad when they've got Horace, who they just call Fat Kid. I like yeah, Chunk's at least a cute name. I love that name. I th- I think Chunk is hilarious. Well, and then like even uh you know uh, K Hugh Kwan didn't do a heck of a lot outside of this and Indiana Jones and I think a few like kung fu looking movies. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen anything that he's done since then and i'm glad you brought that up because his uh his name in fact it was probably in the credits of uh of uh, of goonies where yeah it's key and then like h-u-y yeah Quan. Quan. yep and i can't and i think that's what it was on uh on temple of doom also when he played short round but when they introduce him uh in other places they call him jonathan key Quan. Oh. And it's it's interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where that stems from. If if he was just using his traditional uh, Chinese name for for credits, or because I I can't imagine he would change it afterwards. But I think he's Vietnamese. Oh, is he? <laughs> Whoops. Hey, sorry guys. Yeah. I oh, think that I you know I'm not sure if they they're I'm not sure what language they're speaking at the end of Goonies, but I know I feel like I feel like uh, like Hank Hill now is like so are you Chinese or Japanese? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Consider this my formal retraction. All right. So next up, Ben, we've got our favorite use in pop culture, which we were talking before the show. This is kind of a tough one because there is not much pop culture outside of this. Like we had the Cindy Lauper music video, Goonies Are Good Enough, where they showed up in that. I've seen it. It's pretty hilarious. And we've got the Nintendo game, Goonies 2. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there were bubblegum trading cards. I, I remember seeing some pretty cool lunch boxes. Yeah. I'm not sure if that, maybe that, yeah, there's not a whole lot of pop culture references to go on outside of the movie. Certainly nothing to write home about. Yeah. Like there's, there's a bit in family guy here and there or something. It's like, that that can't be my favorite use in pop culture. Like this movie is pop culture. Yeah, my favorite use of pop culture is the movie itself because yeah. nothing else is anywhere near that good. I would agree. And uh, honestly, the Goonies two game, I don't know if I play. Like I, I've played it a couple times, but I didn't own it, so I didn't. Like I've, I've played an emulated version of it a few times, and don't remember being like, "Man, this game's so amazing! I need to play it a lot more." Yeah, I, I remember playing it as a kid over at Preston's house once again, and like I feel like I saw his dad beat it, like. I think you're still running from the Fratellis, but you're like saving a mermaid or some shit. I know there's a mermaid in that game and it's got like a, like an eight bit video game version of the Cindy Lauper song playing like throughout the game. It's like, and I, I love that, that, uh, that song. It's so much fun. But the game itself, I've gone back to try to play a few times in my adult years again on on uh, or like you like you said, on emulators. And it's it's not great. Yeah. Most movie tie in games aren't. Yeah. It's rare when a movie tie in game isn't crap, essentially. (laughs) Do you remember being a kid and seeing that game in the video store? I remember seeing it, seeing it at uh, Mr. Video. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I used to go to rent all of my NES games. Yeah, and I remember seeing that and and thinking, like, holy shit, like, where is this movie? And then that turns yeah. into one of those things that kids do where they're like, I heard this movie exists. But, you know, and, and just taking it, taking it for granted that this movie exists, 
but we just haven't seen it for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's weird that they decided to make the video game the sequel to the movie, essentially. Like, there is no Goonies video game, but there's a Goonies 2 video game, and there's no Goonies 2 movie. That's the other side of it. Fucking weird-ass thing to do. Yeah, like like people uh, speculating that there is a first Goonies game somewhere. And holy shit, now I'm questioning myself as to whether or not that actually exists. Like, not did Japan make it? But I, I don't imagine they'd make that Japan uh, exclusive game. But look it up, computer man. Let's see. That is convenient having a laptop there. Oh, there was a Goonies for Famicom. Oh, no Size. shit. Wait, so was there... A Japanese exclusive Goonies 1 video game. (laughs) Yeah, uh, there was definitely a Goonies game that came out in 1986. Oh, shit. Based on the film. There it is. Uh, It was produced by Konami. No kidding. Oh, that's right, because they did have that that cover box jacket design Uh that that, uh, the Konami games had, like Contra and Castlevania. Yeah, 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 totally. And uh, it was uh, never released in the United States. Holy shit. So, yes, there was, in fact, a Japan-exclusive Goonies 1 video game. Let's see if there's some clever editing that can make it sound like I knew it all along. I'm not that clever. Uh, but I loved that box art growing up. Like that, yeah. that was cool fucking box art. I'm sure you're looking at it right oh, I am now. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, I guess I could pull it up on my phone, but... Yeah, they're like swinging it. And there is a mermaid. Yeah. On the cover. There's a big Mikey face, right? Yep, there's a big Mikey face, and they're like swinging in, and there's like a little globe with a mermaid and uh, Mama Fratelli holding the globe, looking angry, as she does. Oh, imagine if they did like like an animated movie or something, like a Goonies sequel based on that game. They should still do that. I don't know if they should base it on that game or not. (laughs) (laughs) They should use that Nintendo song as the soundtrack. I wonder if there was they were going to make a sequel. Maybe they it, they tie the game into it, but the movie got canned, and the yeah, I wonder game still came out. I don't think it needs a sequel, to be honest. I think it's just fine. Yeah, I mean, I would love I would love to see a sequel if it made sense. And like, I think up to like ten years ago, it could have made sense. Now, now I feel like it has been too. And and you know, it's it's kind of ironic because I missed her like. Well, if you can make it, maybe it'll be great. So make it. But I don't know. It would make me sad these days. Like Sean Astin is such a different person than he was when he made his debut as as Mikey. Yeah, he's Samwise Ganges now or Ganges or whatever now. Gamgee. Gamgee. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, say they opened up at like Mikey's funeral and they had like Corey Feldman and oh. Jonathan Key Kwan and, and an old ass Josh Brolin. Like, I don't know, like if for some reason it's I and I haven't even thought about this before. This just popped in my head that like it almost seems like Mikey is the the stopping point for me. I don't know why. Like everyone else you could believe. But yeah. And it'd be kind of cool to have Chunk come back. But he's like, he's all fit and stuff. Yeah, that would make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Like somebody calls him Chunk and he gets pissed. Yeah. Or one of them gets fat and he makes them do the truffle shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess the movie I'm setting up that starts with uh, with Mikey's funeral is definitely not in the spirit of Goonies. No, no, it'd be totally something else. But then again, it might be like uh, like what what Ghostbusters is the yeah. new Ghostbusters coming like out. a middle age like coming of age into middle age kind of movie. You know? Yeah, Instead yeah, like the kids. big chill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that would be fucking weird. All their all their dreams of adventure. Coming to a coming yeah, to an none end. None of them became famous 
treasure hunters. One of them's like a lawyer now. Chunk is a lawyer. Yeah. He won't have to stretch too far. <laughs> uh, so that's it for uh, for favorite use in pop culture. I mean, I guess at this point, we can uh, start wrapping it up. Do you have a one-word review? Yeah, when I was thinking about it, I think the, the, my favorite takeaway from this movie is uh, it, it was what I kind of used to build my one-word review. I got to build that whole word up. And I ended up going with uh, authentic, not because anything that happens in the movie is anywhere near what reality is, but the uh, the feeling of the camaraderie of the main group of folks, the Goonies, as it were, is authentic. And their banter seemed real to me. Like that was the big thing that hit me with this movie as a kid and still does now is that like they seem and act like a real group of friends of about that age and like the the. Like we said, Brandon Mike's brother dynamic seems yeah. legit. And uh, I believed that they were the Goonies and that they were friends that had been, you know, friends for a long time and were all bummed that they were going to get split up and were willing to do something ridiculous in order to stop that. And then the crazy adventure was, is just a crazy, silly adventure that these characters were in. But the characters are what really make the movie. Because if were you to put people that didn't have any chemistry or great dialogue or, you know, standard 80s movies kids in this same situation i don't think it would have worked yeah it could have turned out to be more like monster squad where even though we had the archetypes to compare to from goonies like those kids weren't good actors no and like i didn't believe what they were doing no and they, yeah they didn't quite pull it off and and i just really like the uh the this view of kids in the cinema where they're it's not the sanitized you know, beaver cleaver fucking kids that you had <laughs> a lot of cinema before this. They are proper swearing, you know, jabbing, giving each other shit and also legitimately caring about each other. It's not, they were not one dimensional. Yeah. At all. And, uh, so the characters are what really did it for me in this movie. Fuck. Yeah. You know, looking for, for one word for this was not easy and I am not, entirely certain that i did a great job but did you go with goonie <laughs> it was goonerific you know something like adventure would be apt and it would it would fit what it was but it, but it's it's too generic and the word i came up with was it is a thrill so thrill was the word i, I, yeah. I decided not to go with thrilling but the the very fact that this movie sucks me in with this with this journey with this adventure with so many little twists and turns and fun little bits, like it, even when I watch it these days and I know exactly what's going to happen, I can quote the movie almost word for word as I'm watching it. But it is always still thrilling. Every time one of these booty traps shows up and a water slide is there or fucking pirate ship, like it is always a thrill. It always takes me back to the first time I saw it, which was super thrilling back then. So that's my word. Well, and there's not a whole lot of like slow spots in this movie. Like everything that's happening, you know, pushes what plot there is forward and has something going on. There's very few spots where my daughter can decide she's bored. That's true. It's just it's action and stuff happening all the fucking way through. Yeah. And even the even the exposition in the beginning and like the setup is interesting because you have all of these characters up in this attic. And they're discovering things and you're discovering them right alongside mm -hmm. 
and you know chunks dropping shit and you're you're laughing about that mouth has that thing where he sticks his tongue through he's like yeah make me feel like a woman come on give me a nice wet licorice kiss (laughs) and like that scene too like i remember laughing my fucking balls off with preston when when that first one came like i feel like he'd seen it before me so we like he knew it was coming and he's like watch this and we rewound it a bunch of times but um yeah, you're right. There is there is no real dead time. There's no lulls. It's just it's straight Goonies all the way through, and uh, it's freaking so- like I think the, like the slowest part of the movie is probably his inspirational speech. Yeah, that's probably the the slowest action point in that entire movie is where it just kind of he you know there's the guys at the well and they're kind of talking back and forth like should we stop this should we end this and he gives his little speech and they're like fuck it let's go. All right, well. Thank you very much, folks, for following your treasure maps in Spanish through this episode with us. Uh, if you want to let us know how we did, you can hit us up at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com if you didn't know that already. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook, the Geek Exploration, the podcast page, Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, or Twitter at GeekSplorePod. And if you enjoyed today's show, we'd really appreciate it if you went on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts and give us a five baby Ruth review. We've got uh, shirts available at uh, shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. And uh, our theme song, as always, is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod, competech.com. Until next time. Hey, you go! <laughs>